Welcome to the Super Friends Podcast, where we talk about comics, superheroes, and all things related and in between. I'm Brody. And I'm Brian, and today we're going to be talking about the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. And I'm really excited for this, because those are, like the super, those are some of the superhero movies I grew up on, was Christopher Superman, along with them, like, Tobago Spider-Man and X-Men. But uh-huh. these are, like, what really cemented my love of Superman, obviously. I couldn't find my Christopher Superman shirt, so I am still wearing a Superman shirt, but it's just not the same. Uh, and I wore a Superman shirt yesterday, so I'm wearing Batman. <laughs> you gotta switch it up. Sorry, friends. Sorry. But. But. If you'll forgive me. I forgive you. I forgive okay. you. Also, though, look at how funky the Superman figure's face looks. What the heck? He looks so weird. What the heck is wrong? I know. I'm like, why do you look the he way he looks? He looks like he's look? puckering his lips. He's like... <laughs> I know. He got... Um, I had him with Ultraman. Oh, so, I mean... They mix up the faces. He has Ultraman's face. Yeah. Well, Ultraman has a funny face, too. Oh, no. Like, sometimes they do really good on the figures, and sometimes the faces just look funny. Yeah, if anything, he looks worse because he's angry. Yeah. He looks like he's got some sort of eye infection. I know, right? Like That's the red, what I was thinking. Like, the red needed to be a little darker, or, or his whole head could light up. That'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. That'd be cool. But anyways... Anyways, Superman in the 1980s and one in the early in the late 70s, uh, Warner Bros. and Richard Donner decided to make Superman movies. And so the first the first two were directed by Richard Donner and the other two were not. And you can obviously tell the difference. I was going to mention that in my (laughs) review on the other two. (laughs) I just stole it. Sorry, buddy. Oh, gosh, I'm a thief. You're just a thief. No, it's fine. It's fine. This is your territory. <laughs> um, okay, so I probably am going to talk a lot, so I'm just going to ask you, Brody, what, was, what, what did you think... Or why don't you give us a rundown of the plot of Superman the movie, the first, so the first one. The first one. Yeah. Okay. Um, Marlon Brando doesn't know his lines. Um, <laughs> that's essential. Um, yes. <laughs> understanding. No. Um, Krypton's about to explode. You might say classic Superman story, but this is also, like, one of the first Superman stories, so, like, technically they made it classic. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, you've got your, like, snowy planet, and, you know, it starts off with this council meeting happening with non, I mean, not non, that's not non in that one, um, Zod and his goons, um, and they're all being held trial, which is a good, like, point at the second movie. It's like, hey, don't forget about these guys. But we're going to introduce them, like, very slyly. So you think we're just introducing them so you get to know about Krypton. They're actually going to be super important, so don't forget about them. But yeah, and then they're like, yo, Jor-El, stop talking about this earthquake stuff. It's making everybody freak out. Like... Just stop, dude. It's not cool. Just they're like, just don't. He's like, no, no. It would be like in today's world if someone was like trying to tell people, and they're like, 
dude, you're just like fear mongering. Like, you're gonna get canceled, basically. That's exactly what they thought he was doing too. Yeah. The shame. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's the best way to describe it. Is they're like, they're like you're fear mongering. You're making people scared for no reason. You cancel. And so. <laughs> Well, basically, they're like, if you bring this up again, you're canceled. Um, and he's like, well, this problem's not just going to fix itself just by, you know, forgetting about it. So he built a really spiky ice castle um, spaceship and put his son, his baby son, Kal-El, inside the ship. And it blasted through their windows. And they probably died from the glass before Krypton died. But, hey... I get it. Um, so then his little orb floated through space and landed. You know, Kent pick him up. He say he's actually like most versions. He's a baby. This one he's like he can walk and he actually saves Jonathan because they're he's facing like a flat four tire. Four or five years old. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, they go through Clark's high school years. His dad dies of a heart attack. Um, he goes to the fortress, is in the fortress from an unnoticed amount of time where, as Darrell says, the laws of space and time no longer. <laughs> I think that scene is good, but it's also very strange. Um, yeah, the kind of use as an excuse to then. It's a very, yeah, it's very easily like a plot device where like Clark goes in as a young guy and then literally comes out as Superman. Yeah, so. I like that mid-early 30s that he is for yeah. that movie. Which is one thing that I, I like with Man of Steel and Superman and Lois. Both of them have him finding the fortress and like talking to his dad and his dad's like, who can fly? And they're like, oh, I can fly. And boom, like they crash through a mountain or something. Like, yeah. It's super, I love Superman and Lois. His like beginning scene where he figures out he's Kryptonian and stuff. That's all It's classic. It's so good. But yeah, so this is when he basically walks into the fortress and then walks out. Um, and we won't see much of the fortress until the second movie. And that's really it. Um, but then Lex is doing shenanigans. Superman saves Lois in a classic scene. Um, more shenanigans. The movie, like, I feel this is my one fault with Superman the movie. I feel like his origin takes so long. By the time he's actually Superman, you've got like 40, 40, like 35 minutes basically. Because everything happens so fast after that. Yeah, everything does kind of skip from point to point. But that's because even like says like, ah, in a couple days, yeah. my evil plot. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get canceled for this, but Lex was right about California. Um, <laughs> he had a point. He had a point in California. He's going to nuke it off the map. And right off the edge of the map. Lex figures out Kryptonite, tries to stop Superman with it. Miss Tessmacher saves him, but says, You have to save my mom first because Lex sent two missiles. So Lex, so Superman is like, All right, I'm a man of my word. I'm Superman. I got to save your mom first. So he stops the one missile, and before he can stop the other missile, it fires into the fault. And so people start like falling off the map because the San Andreas fault is. He's creaking, he saves Jimmy, he saves the town, and then he ends up trying to save Lois, but she's, like, in the earth. She died of suffocation, her car filled with dirt. 
And then the classic Superman scene where he flies around the Earth super fast so that the Earth starts spinning backwards and it reverses time so he's able to save Lois from ever dying. Which, excuse me, but that's okay. It won't be the first super controversial thing that Superman will do in this series. In Superman 2, he uh, erases Lois's memory with a kiss. He does it again in Superman 4. Yep. <laughs> Which I had forgotten about. I was like, dude! Like, I get the the second movie, I was like, it hurts, but it's okay. Like, you spent this whole movie, and then you decided at the end of the second movie that, like, okay, I can't do this. And I'm like, I get it. The fourth movie, he's like, Lois, I need someone to talk to. Here's my secret identity. And at the end, he's like, thanks for talking to me. Bam, now you can't remember. Forgotten. And it was like, why? Why? But yes. That is the gist of it. That's the gist of Superman the movie. I did a horrible job explaining it. Hey, you did good. You did good. You hit all the major plot points. But yeah, that's pretty much just it. Yeah, Lex Luthor wants to, well, because he like, he bought up all the desert land. Mm-hmm. And so you get to the San Andreas fault. He's going to, so basically all the beachfront would sink up into the sea. So all of his stuff would be beachfront. Yeah. You know, Lutherville, Casa del Ex, Otisburg. Otisburg? It's just a tiny little place. It's just a little the... place. It's just a Otisburg? Miss little... Tess Marker, Otisburg? All right, I'll race it. I'll race it. All right. I'll race it. <laughs> I love that Miss Tess Marker gets her own place. But how dare Otis get a little bitty bitty okay. place? Okay. But it's such adult humor, though. It's like Miss Tessmacher Peaks is what it is. It's a yes. mountain range. <laughs> I never caught that. Thanks, Brody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, but I honestly think, yeah, they took a, like, kind of a fat minute to get, to get from his crash land to Earth to King Big Superman. But I, I, I thoroughly enjoy that movie so much and I'll, and I mean like Christopher Reeve is fantastic as Superman he nails bottom the- line uh, through all four like three and four go down in quality but he still would like he's like the Grant he like Grant Gustin like he keeps bringing his A game even though like what he's in starts going down in quality yeah and I love his suit his suit is iconic most iconic yeah and and like they did the trunks red trunks like mm-hmm. like even Tyler Cavill they don't have the trunks yeah he does and he like and it, and, it, and, it, and it like it doesn't look dumb like how you think it might look in like live action it doesn't look dumb yeah I hope Dave and it looks- for Superman has trunks honestly I hope he has trunks yeah unless it looks dumb then don't do trunks yeah but I'm like you unless can they- James Gunn has made some pretty wacky costumes, and they look amazing. I'm pretty sure he can make Trunks look good. Probably can. Um, and Gene Hackman, he plays Lex Luthor. He does a fantastic job. I love that. And yeah, Marlon Brando. I will say he's his own Lex Luthor. He's not like Absolutely. any other Lex Luthor you might have seen before or like read about. He's definitely his own Lex Luthor. He's very eccentric. Like Lex Luthor is yeah. very serious all the time, whereas Gene Hackman's is like... Super sarcastic to everyone. Mm-hmm. And just quality hey, Otis, You know what, number 200, why we have that in common? Oh, no. It's, it's your weight and my IQ. I love the, why does the most genius, the most brilliant colonel mind in the world surround us with complete nincompoops? 
And then Otis walks in, he goes, and then he goes, hey, Mr. Luther, and he goes, oh, yes, Otis, I was just talking about you. Oh, yes, Otis, I was just talking about you. Or um, also when he's on the ladder, and he's like, M? <laughs> Move the ladder. No, not no N, as in nincompoop, or Neanderthal. <laughs> and L is in the ladder! <laughs> and then he, like, steps and crunches his fingers. <laughs> I love Otis. Oh my god, he just cracks me up. Um, and Margot Kidder, I know, like, I I like her because she is like, like, that cast is very iconic for their, t- like, very iconic. I like Margot Kidder as Lois Landing. She does a pretty good job, and I love Perry White. I love Perry. Oh, I forgot. I I was thinking. I was like, I know we have something. I knocked down my whole shelf. Yeah. That's awesome. Look, and they're holding hands. Look, they hold hands. Oh my gosh. Can you read my mind? (laughs) And I can't report. This is going to sound super weird. She's wearing pink underwear. (laughs) It's a point in the movie, okay? (laughs) Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Oh my gosh. Accuracy. The fact that they made it so you... Oh, my gosh. Accuracy. Accuracy. The accuracy of Funko Pops. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I love it. I think it's that... <laughs> Maybe it's supposed to go this way. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, this is the one Christopher Reeves thing I have. Well, I mean, like, his suit is so iconic that it's basically every Superman. Like, this big, huge Funko Pop. Literally, he's wearing the exact same suit. My- <laughs> it literally is him. I as much as I as much as I like as I get older, I I don't know how to feel about like the her internal dialogue during that flight. I do love that there's the scene. I mean, if, and if anyone hasn't seen Superman the movie, what have you been doing with your life? Um, but there's a scene where they have Superman and Lois have an interview, and he's telling her about himself. And she says, "How fast can you fly?" And he goes, "I never really time myself." So he takes her with him, they fly around, and there's internal dialogue, and sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, and other times I'm like, I don't really know how I feel about it. Okay, that. I love the music, but to be honest, sometimes I just, like, mute it and just watch the scene, because sometimes I get annoyed by her lines. Her internal dialogue? Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the, John Williams does the theme, does the music for Superman, and he nails the score again. Like, the Superman theme is iconic, it's played all the time. Mm-hmm. Throughout so many things. The love theme is fantastic. I love it. Lex Luthor's theme is very much an iconic theme. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic. I like. I do love the score when they're flying around. Um, but yeah, Superman the movie. It's fantastic. But it's just like I like I quoted. It's literally just her saying multiple times, like, and her rhyming with herself, like, "Can you read my mind? Maybe just a friend from the sky." Can you read my mind? I wonder if you can see me like a schoolgirl. And I'm like, it's kind of cringe. So. It's making me uncomfortable. Yeah. But it is. It but is I mean, a- other than that, I really like. So good. I think it's fantastic and it's it deserves its place on the pedestal. That has- and Richard Donner is a fantastic director and writer. Like, nailed it. Yeah. And, like, I it's love so amazing movie. because, like, the effects in that movie 
at, like this came out at the same time as the first Star Wars movie came out. And it's like, it's impressive what they were able to do. Yeah, because this came out only a year later. Star Wars is 77, this was 78. So yeah. it's like back to back and it's just like, and for and like, it's like, yeah, for the time, these effects were cutting edge. Uh-huh. And for, and and for like, some they, of it, like, they still look good. They're practical enough that they still hold up when you watch them. I love the miniatures. Like, the dam breaks, like you say, stays in town. A dam breaks, so this flood comes, and they use miniatures of, like, water flowing down, like, a, mm-hmm. in, a, in a ravine, and he pushes rocks in the way. And I love it. I love miniatures. I'm always a big fan. I'm a big fan of miniatures. So, not this time. This time, I, of course, just watched it on HBO Max on my TV. <laughs> but Brian knows this, and I know he was super jealous of it. But my theater here, where I live, they were holding, like, like a event fathom event for superman's anniversary and so they were playing superman the movie on the theater and so i went and watched it on the big screen and that I'm was so jealous it was so much it was it was a different experience to watch it on the big screen to watch all of these scenes that i know by heart and just being like oh wow like this is it like as if other people were watching it like when it came out amazing was it the extended version or was it the theatrical version it was the theatrical version because on hbo max they only have the theatrical version too because i have like the old discs and the first one's the extended version because there's a couple scenes that are longer like when he goes to lex like in the theatrical version on hbo max you do just see him get into the sewers and then he walks into lex's house whereas his park avenue address like he calls it Mm -hmm. um 200 feet below um but in the extended version he is shot at by a bunch of guns which is reminiscent of like the dark knight returns and Batman mm-hmm. Superman, where like things are shot at him to test him he's set on fire and then frozen and he just keeps walking through as if nothing's happening and what's impressive is the fire one in this one and the third one where it's like uh, he's surrounded by fire i was like how did you yeah. do that stuff how did you because you can see things things are actually on fire yeah, it looks so good. It's so good, and I, and Superman first, and him first, like you know, opening the, the 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 shirt so you can see the Superman symbol underneath. So iconic the first time, and then he flies to Lois, and it's just mm-hmm. amazing. And that line and that scene is like immortalized. Like, like who's, you've got me. Who's got you? It is iconic. Absolutely iconic. Like, I remember a Superman comic where it's, like, years in the future, and they're, like, visiting the superhero museum, this whole hallway is devoted to Superman, and you can hear, and it's, like, as if, like, audio clips are playing from the museum, and you can see one of the lines is, you got me, who's got you? And you're like, oh, wait a second. Well, yeah, and Hold Sam on. Johns put it in his Superman Secret Origin story. When he wrote Superman. Superman Secret Origin, he was like, hey, this is the definitive Superman origin for, like, DC Comics. Because he could do that. Um, and, like, he included that in the secret origin. Is like, the helicopter falls off the top of the Daily Planet and he catches Lois. And she says that in the comic. So it's like... It's fantastic is what it is. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Alright, let's move on to Superman 2. Okay, quick rundown. Zod... Gets out of the Phantom Zone with his buddies. 
Um, Lois is bent on proving that Clark and Superman are different people. Um, they go to Niagara Falls to expose a honeymoon racket. Um, Clark falls into the fire and doesn't, he trips over a stuffed like animal and burns his hand. Um, and then she's like, let me see your hand. And he's like, oh, no, it's that's fine. Yeah, just like, um, you know. And then she's like, no, let me see it. And it's like not burned at all because he's Superman. And she's like, you're Superman. And then Knew it. they go and make love in the forces of solitude. And then he, what a way to put it. He goes to this under this procedure that like removes his superpowers. Um and then Zod and his buddies show up and they start wrecking things. And so he's like, I gotta get my power back. Then he defeats them with, he pulls an S off his chest and throws it at them and it engulfs them. And then, then he kisses Lois and she forgets he was ever Superman. That's the gist of it. The plot of this one is way more simple because there's no origin stories yet. Yeah. So, I think with this one, we should talk about the elephant in the room, which is, what was that British kid doing in the middle of Idaho? (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, if if you've never, for anyone who's listening, if you've never seen it, Zod, Ursa, and Nan, after they escape, they kill some people on the moon, some astronauts, and they land in Idaho, which is funny, because... That's where Brody is. That's where I'm going. So hilarious. Um, they go there and start messing with the town. Like, granted, some guy had it coming. Like, he tells Ursa to sit on his lap, and so Ursa just tells him, "Oh, let's just hold hands." And she's gonna arm wrestle him, and she like flips him over the table and breaks him. Like, okay, that guy's being kind of a creep, though. So you know. Um, yeah. yeah. So in the town, and this guy comes out from like the Disney. You see him run out. And he has a gun. He points at Azad Ursa and on. And I don't know how Zod has like extra powers where he like points his finger and lists the guy with his mind, you know. And then the kid's like, "Please let my daddy down." And he like has like a he's like a British accent, and it's like, <laughs> where did this really British kid come from? Like well, everyone like, has like a southern accent. Do, it's like they were trying to go hick, but like they didn't know what hick sound like, so it just sounded British. I have no idea. He was like extremely English. I will say that is something and about like, all and I remember Marvel watching it. I was watching it. Uh, that's one thing about all four of these Superman movies. They definitely lean into like the super part where it's just like Superman can do whatever he wants. He's Superman. So like if they want to come up with something he can do, then like exactly he does it. Like, yeah, you said Zod did the finger thing. In number four, um, Nuclear Man lifts up... Um, the people, and then Superman, like, lowers them back down. That's right. He uses his eyes. Yeah, he goes... He does the same thing in the Great Wall of China. Yeah. Nuclear he Man, like, the Great Wall blasts of apart the Great Wall of China, and he puts it back together with his eyes. I don't... But anyways, but, I mean, there's a couple, like, like Zodas, like, they teleport in the Force of Solitude, and then Superman teleports to... And then makes multiples of himself. I'm like, since when did Superman have multiplexes powers? I know, right? And I'm like, and, I'm, and I was watching the month, and I go, you know, I still love this movie, but 
but the one reason I will say the first one is better isn't because they have all these added powers in the second one. It's because of the British kid in the dead middle of Idaho. Yes. Can't forget our British kid. The only reason. Oh, talking about Trapped in the Phantom Zone, here is a cover of the Superman 78 comic book. It's a variant cover. So Superman 78 was a comic book that they created that takes place after Superman 2. So just like with the Keaton movies, people don't say that the other two... It's weird that both franchises, the last two movies, sucked. Um, But basically, this takes place after the Richard Donner cut, which is basically how they describe it. I love the fact that they do just kind of nix the... They're like, you know what? We're not going to talk about the last two. Although Nuclear Man, I think, shows up in Secret Origins of Superman 2. Like, they're looking at, oh, all of villains real quick. And you see this teeny tiny little Nuclear Man drawn in there. Well, even better, I was trying to find the issue. I don't think I have it. Um, but there, it's so funny. It's weird. It's kind of a weird story. Earth gets sucked into the Phantom Zone on accident. Um, and Cal is, like, mentioning, like, the horrible things that are in... Um, the Phantom Zone, and he's like, yeah, there's horrible things in the Phantom Zone, and it just does this, like, wide shot panel, and, like, on a cliff is Nuclear Man. That's what I was thinking of. That's yeah. what I was thinking of. So is that canon? Nuclear Man is in the Maybe Phantom I Zone? Share my screen. Can you enable that? I don't know. Host disabled participant screen sharing. I did. That's what I'm saying. How are you going to do that? Let me see if I can undo that. If I click you. No. No. I don't want to put you in the waiting room, and I don't want to kick you out. Oh, I can stop your video? No way. <laughs> I won't, but that's kind of funny. Um, I don't know why it's saying that. Okay, meeting settings? I don't know how to do that. I don't even know how to screen share myself. Okay, um, I'll just describe it because I have it pulled up here. Um, or, now we're thinking, I will take a picture with my phone, and then I will show the picture. Ready. This is super awkward. Hey, hey. It's better than our Booster Gold episode. Let me lower my brightness. I was like, I can't see anything. Ah, Yes. And it says, because he's describing the Phantom Zone, it says, this is where Krypton threw away their terrible secrets. And Kals, because Nuclear Man was not Krypton's secret. That was totally a secret. Yeah. So I'm like, I want to know. I need to know. No, but I I mean, Superman 2 is still as iconic as the first one, because... Terrence Stamp does a really great job of doing General Zod. Like, his voice is always so booming. Every line he has is just this booming echo of, like, power. Yeah. And you know that he's, like, important. And it's a fantastic job. I, I... And once again, yeah, Christopher Reeve nails it. Gene Hackman comes back because he's, like... Because Zod or Sonata do take over the Earth. Mm-hmm. They don't really touch on that, though. They say they do it, and we just kind of just see them in the White House. 
but it's, uh, you know, find out the score is great, but I, I remember listening. I'm like, I can tell this isn't John Williams. I can hear it. Still yeah. great, yeah. but it's not John Williams. Like you said. And talking about references, they're in, I don't know if you know it because I know you haven't seen it, but that horrible Suicide Squad movie, um, Amanda Waller says, what if someone like him comes in and rips the roof off the White House? Because Zod did that. Because it's a reference to when Zod did it in that movie. But I do remember that from the trailer. I remember because she says on the trailer. I remember. I remember thinking, "Hey, Zod did that. That's cool." Yeah. Yeah. So it's Zod does go in like wreck the White House. I do love Lex Luthor, like because Zod are not threatening him several times. Like he's with them, quote unquote. But they threaten him several times, and there's one scene where like. Like they're like, where's Superman? And Superman won't show up, and they go to Daily Planet, and they threaten Lois, Perry, and Jimmy, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Superman does show up, and he goes, "Oh, Superman, thank goodness!" And they all look, and he goes, "I mean, get him!" I mean, get him! <laughs> I love the threat that he's stressing. Well, it's like, classic like, Lex, who's like got himself in too deep, and now he's like, uh, or like, okay, at the very beginning where Lex is in jail, and Otis is in jail with him, and mm-hmm. still making him do everything. Yeah, it's classic. And then Miss Test Marker, I do love the whether well, in because he breaks in the Phantom Zone basically. Phantom Zone, mm-hmm. sorry, Force of Solitude. Yeah. And Miss Test Marker's with him, and he goes, "It's it's fantastic." And she like mutters every word he says. It's fantastic. She goes, "It's fantastic, brilliant, brilliant." And and he goes, it "Has everything." She goes, "No, wrong." And he looks at her, and he goes, "Why didn't you go before we left?" And she goes, "That was two days ago." <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. It's so funny because she's like, when was I supposed to go? And then I, you know. Yeah. Or the very iconic where he's standing, where he's like flying outside the window and he goes, General, care to step outside? And then, because then Elizabeth Benoist gets to say that in Christ on Earth X on that crossover. I love that. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. It's just one of those things where like, these movies were like icons and they've like affected so much of our further understanding. Three and four, not so much. Not, um, yeah, there's a reference to it in Christ on Infinite Earths. Yeah. But that's it. And the nuclear man that we were talking about shows up in a comic book. Yeah. But that's Which really it. I forgot, but Ragul Zar kills him right then when he shows up. Just dead. That's funny. Yeah, but um, the third one, I was shocked. I felt like the third one was more Gus's movie instead of Superman's movie. It really was, but it was funny. It's funny. It's like, I was like, wait, how many times has Superman shown up in this? And then it's like another scene with Gus. I'm like, all right then. I just, yeah. If it's okay with you, I'll describe that. I'll, I'll, I'll do the quick plot of this one because you do the first two. Yeah. I'll give you a break. Oh, so thanks for time. So, yeah, like Brody was saying, this one's more like centered around this character they made up, Gus Gorman, who is a bum, who then finds a job at Web, Websco. Webs, Webs, Webco? Websco, yeah. And there's an escape. Websco, which is run by this guy named Webster, his sister Vera, who was just butt ugly, and... Which they say multiple times. Throughout the whole movie, I'll just say this, throughout the whole movie, Vera is just pooped on and roasted, and it is so funny. Like, the first times when Vera, because 
Gus goes to work for WebSco, finds out he's a computer genius, and he wants to pay more money, so he steals money from WebSco, which is how he gets involved with Webster and Vera <laughs> and their evil plot to take over the world financially. Uh-huh. But when they first uh, find out something's been stolen from Webster's just kind of, it's all right, we'll figure it out. He's kind of calm, then Vera comes storming down some stairs, and she's like, I want to know who. Who did it? And she's like flipping out, and then Webster literally goes, Vera, get a hold of yourself. No one else ever will. No one else ever will. Is that before <laughs> or after Perry talking to Jimmy about the photos? Oh, that's after. And Perry's like, Perry's like, what's wrong with this photo? And he's like, that's Vera Webster. Like, and Lois is like, no, sorry, Chief. Like, that's just how she looks. He's like, it looks kind of fuzzy. <laughs> I love it. It looks fuzzy. No, she just looks like that. <laughs> and then... And this one doesn't have much Lois in it as a love interest. Clark goes back home. Clark's, Clark and Superman, there is more like a side plot. Mm-hmm. He goes home and meets up with Lana. And they end up striking up their friendship. And again, and everything's going great. And But Webster doesn't want Superman to get involved with his plot to take over things. Because he already did. Because yeah. they make us use a weather machine to change the weather to kill all the... To cause Crocs the in Columbia. Columbia. Yeah, to kill all the crops of coffee beans, which then doesn't work. So they make a version of kryptonite because they're trying to kill him, but there's an unknown element, so they end up making a, basically making red kryptonite. So it changes his yeah his whole. I, I would say it's more akin to black kryptonite, honestly. No, yeah, you're right. It's black kryptonite. I was wrong. I totally just based on what it was. Yeah, it's it's more like black kryptonite. You're right. And he's he's no longer him. He's just mean, selfish, a dirtbag. Mm-hmm. And, and and actually and actually at one point helps them because Webster wants to take all the oil, so make all these oil tanks to stay in the middle of the ocean, so the world gets desperate for gasoline. Yep. And then they make a supercomputer, and they go there. So when Superman, where Superman ends up having this existential crisis in a junkyard where his two personalities split, so it's like basically Clark Kent versus evil Superman, which and is such a cool scene. It's pretty cool. It's a little. It gets a little weird, but it's like it's the eighties. The A team had explosions yeah. every five seconds for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, they had this fight scene, and then at one point you think Clark Kent is dead, and then he comes busting out of like a, a machine, then chokes out evil Superman and kills him, and then his suit because his suit gets dirty as he's like evil Superman. So then he does yeah. the classic unbutton his shirt, pull open his shirt, and there's the bright shiny. And then he fights them, and Gus becomes a good guy because he really because when you think about it, he really doesn't like Webster. Webster's basically saying like, "Do what I say, or you'll go to jail." Yeah. So I mean, he wasn't bezzling, but then you know, and then side plot with Lana, she she ends up coming to Metropolis, and at the end of the movie, Superman helps her get a job at the Daily Planet, but we never see. Which she'll never be seen again because she's not in the fourth one. But I mean, I think it's important to note though. The reason why Lois wasn't in this, like, at all, and why Clark was sidelined through most of the movie, was because Richard Donner got fired, and a lot of the cast wasn't happy about that. But they didn't want to fire Margot Kidder, so they just nixed her out of this whole movie. Mm-hmm. And they can't fire Christopher Reeve because he is Superman. So he got sidelined. Superman. Yeah. Because Richard Donner directed the first two, didn't direct the second two, because some sort of... It's Warner Bros. They've hated Superman for years. I don't know why. It's because he's not Batman. Exactly right, actually. But yeah, so Richard Donner is a part of this one, so that's why Superman is more like a side plot. But I think it's okay because Gus is so funny. Like at one point, Vera comes down the stairs and he says, and he's like, I didn't know your mom was in town. 
Yeah. And then she's like, I'm, I'm his sister. His young baby sister. sister. Or um, what's another quality? Oh, yeah. Rory says, he, he, he like, yeah, you know what I mean, man? And she goes, don't call me man. <laughs> or then he's talking about Superman dried up the crops so that the coffee beans in Columbia would be okay. You know, and he goes, "Yeah, he 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 cooled down in the air, you know, like a like in the man's bathroom, you know what I mean?" And looks right at Vera when he says, "You know what I mean?" <laughs> <laughs> she just gets like roasted so hard, so hard in that movie. Yeah. And then Laura uh, is like thing Webster's, thing like she's just Webster's. Like, Leave it at that. You know you're old when one day you're playing Superman's girlfriend and the next day you're playing Superman's mom. Yikes. Because the actor of Lana in yeah, Superman yeah, 3 is Martha Kent in Smallville. Which, I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah, it's amazing. I actually think it's like, wow, time passes when you're suddenly Superman's mom. But I do think we should have gotten Lana in the fourth one, because I like Lana. Yeah, Lana's pretty cool. She's good. She's good. They had a good story running with her. Well, the fourth I really one. Don't know what more to say about the third one? To be honest with you, I love Lana. She should have been the fourth one. I, but I do love her character, and I am okay that Lois wasn't. I'm not okay why she wasn't in the fourth. Why Michael Kidder wasn't included in the third one? But I am okay with Lana's being in it instead because yeah, did, she did a great job. I love yeah. her. I love her her whole story in that movie. How she's struggling to basically find like a reason to even do anything anymore because she's like, I'm in Smallville. There's nothing for me here. So Clark, especially. Lois is Clark's friend, but she only has feelings for Superman. So I do like when, yeah. you know, Clark says, I can pretty much guarantee that Superman will be back in Small, will be in Smallville for Ricky's birthday. Her son, Lana's son's Ricky. Yeah. For anyone yeah. who doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she goes, she's like, she's like, Superman's amazing. She goes, but you, Clark, you, you're the best. And I'm like, and I'm like, because she likes Clark. Yeah. And I love that, that she's like, well, she thinks Superman's amazing, because everyone thinks Superman's amazing. She likes Clark. Like yeah, that. which is like the opposite of Lois. Clark is getting some love finally. Yeah, and then it goes ultimately nowhere. Yep. But I do like, I I do just like that whole thing. I do like, but that's probably why Perry, Jimmy, Lois, and Superman were all kind of sidelined in that movie a little bit. And it was this mm-hmm. one was very much more about the villains, was because they made up all the villains. They made up that whole thing that was not in the comics. And the Daily Planet wasn't really in it. Whereas in the fourth one, the Daily Planet is very much the central side plot of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's very important to the whole the whole story. That That's and right. Lex and Lenny Luther, who Lenny Luther will one day become Lex Luther in the Supergirl TV show. Which is just amazing. That he I love that he was Lenny and then got to play Lex. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that uh, was pretty cool. What? What else? Did you have any other thoughts about the third one? Or no, I don't. I don't really have any other thoughts about the third one. Um, I think just it's hard to do Lana. I think they did Lana really good in that show. I mean, in that movie, um, Smallville did Lana good, but then it just got tired because they were they didn't want Lois and Clark to get together too soon, so they kept bringing back Lana to like keep up the will they won't they and it just got super annoying i'm like clark just leave lana already and go with lois because we all know that's who you're pining after so it got annoying in smallville but in superman and lois i think it's fantastic 
I love Lana and Superman and Lois. They, yeah, Lana's like, fantastic. Like, Annette O'Toole and whoever plays Lana and Superman and Lois both nail it as Lana. They're fantastic. Yeah. Very much yep. their own versions of the character. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic. Alrighty. Um, should we go into the fourth one? Oh, 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 yes. 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 The fourth one. Like, what, what do I, where do I even begin with the fourth one? Here's where we begin. We begin with the fact that it was 1987, and we're in the height of the Cold War. Height of the Cold War. Comic books are in a weird place, because Crisis on Infinite Earths just happened. And Batman 89 is going to come out soon. <laughs> if they just waited two more years, we would have had a crossover. And then, yeah, I, I personally think if they would have done a crossover with Linda Carter, Michael Keaton, and Christopher Reeve, I personally believe Christopher Reeve would still be alive because he'd be still making those movies that he wouldn't be doing horseback riding because that's yeah. what put him in that. Because he already had like a he has like a history of asthma and stuff like that. So being in the wheelchair and having to have a tube in him, it just made it worse when he gets sick. When yeah. he got sick and it killed him. Yeah. No. And it's amazing. I'm talking about Smallville again. Um, it's awesome that they included him in Smallville. I do love his characters because I remember you showing me scenes from Smallville and explaining mm-hmm. him being a small, and I loved it. I absolutely yeah. loved it. Basically, his role is he's just this scientist that, for some reason, knows a lot about Krypton, and he helps um, Tom Welling's Clark learn about Krypton. It's awesome. It feels uh, very much as I like the passing on the tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then but, also, I I should have asked you this before we did our. Oh no, I think I did. Um, Brandon Routh is also like the pseudo um, Christopher Reeve Superman. True. Is he and, like if you see his Superman, he's basically like the Christopher Reeve Superman. Like that's what he's supposed to be. And what's crazy is the older he gets, the more he does look like Christopher Reeve. Right? And he does a good job. He does a great job. And well in the in the fourth one they kind of finish off the story and but it's very much like I'm gonna look it up real quick. Because what, what Superman Four reminds me of crazily I this is gonna sound weird. But Superman Four reminds me a lot of Rocky Four. Yeah. Where it's very much, you know, hey, you know, things are bad but we're American you know, Rocky Four came out in eighty five, so very much I believe. Because Superman 3 came out in 83. And Christopher Reeve said, I, and not in a bad way, but he's like, I, I think I'm done. I remember seeing an interview, and I remember showing you this. I don't know if you remember. I think. If you don't remember, that's fine. But it was an interview <laughs> of, of Christopher Reeve being like, I like what we did with Superman, but I, I think we're, we're good. I really wouldn't want to do a fourth one because I don't want to ruin everything we did with him, with Superman, throughout the first three. And then they did a fourth one, and I believe that was totally ins- because of like, oh, we just want Warner Bros. Like we want to bring in money because it was just weird, and the bad guy was Nuclear Man, and it was very much like, this is very much us versus the Soviets because the bad guy looks like a cliche Russian, he doesn't really speak any English, yeah, he you just know, growls. and he's pure nuclear power, which I mean technically is a, a like a weakness of Superman, like nukes have always like really hurt him, mm-hmm. but it was. 
very much us versus the Soviets, and we are America, and we beat them. So that's the whole thing. Superman's like, I'm going to get rid of all nuclear weapons. because Yeah, it's at that time where comics were starting to get, like, social commentary-ish. Like, we talked about The Dark Knight Returns last week, and, like, this is around that time where comic books are getting... But, like, that... Superman 4, they didn't know how to do it properly yet, so it's very on the nose. Very much on the nose. And it's just... It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay... Our plot of our movie is people, there's a, there's an arms race. There's a nuclear arms race. And then Superman decides he's going to help out and get rid of all the nukes. And then there's, like, warmongers that are like, hey, Lex, we can't sell any nukes. Can you help us? And Lex is like, I got you. So he creates a guy called Nuclear Man, which basically looks like a Russian. Like, a Russian strongman. And then yep. fights Superman. You know, basically, he thinks to the death at the freaking Statue of Liberty. And he does take him out for a while. Like, do you think Superman's dead? Yeah. And then, like, it's very like, on the nose. And then the side plot of the movie is this giant corporation is taking over the Daily Planet and it's making it very much like a tabloid instead of a newspaper. And yeah. Lois hates it. This lady, Lana, Lana, Lacey, sorry, Lacey comes Lacey. in. Who likes Clark? She's kind of like Lana. She likes Clark. Mm-hmm. And it's very funny. There's a scene where it's kind of like a double date. Lacey and Clark are, are there, and Lois is gonna, at the same time that Lois is going to have an interview with Superman. But Clark's trying to do two at once. And it's so funny that, like, it's him struggle to try to <laughs> do both things at the same time. Yeah, it's honestly hilarious. It's so I funny to watch it. him. There's but, the hose uh, that's like stuck in the door, and then he has to pay the cab driver, and then, yeah. and then, and then Lex, you know, says, "Hey, come on down." I'm gonna blow up a building. I love it very much. He's just referencing the first Superman, where he does a high pitched noise, so only Superman can hear him, and he goes, mm-hmm. "I'm going to kill all of these people." So Superman shows up. Although yeah. the fingernails on Nuclear Man, like, Nuclear Man has a super long fingernails. Oh, and at one yeah. point he flies by Superman, shows his hand, his fingernails like grow, and it's like, what? I know. And he's got like laser beams, but also like nuclear powers, but also like telepathy because he like floats people. It's just. Yeah, it's, it's like. Weird. It's a weird. It's very much like, you know. You know, getting a message across that down with the commies and yeah, Rocky Ford. I was Rocky Ford did a lot better. Like I can watch Rocky Ford and be like, yeah, I watched Superman Four and I'm like, I'm just here for Christopher Reeve and Gene Hackman. Mm-hmm. Like, I still watch Superman Four, but it, those the point of Rocky Ford and Superman Four are the same thing: us versus the Soviets, and we're America, and we will win. And I'm like, yeah. hey, I'm all for patriotism, but Rocky Ford did it way better. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Superman 4 is... I mean, even the titles on the nose, it's like, The Quest for Peace. It's like... Alright. And Christopher Hackman still nail it. They still go hard, and they still absolutely rock those roles. Because they always do, but it's like... I absolutely love them. They do great. It's almost like you know they're... That they know what they've got, and they're just... They're putting their best effort into it. 
you know. Yeah, and they put the best foot forward and F in the chat is what mm-hmm. happened to Superman 4. But, yeah. but all together, it's a pretty great series of movies. Yeah. It's honestly really good. I enjoy it. Despite it's, like, the... it's a fun rewatch. It's definitely a fun rewatch. Yeah, it's a great. I, I I love rewatching those movies, and doing this episode is a great reason to rewatch all of them. <laughs> You're like, why do I need to rewatch all of them? Well, for this uh, super obvious reason that I did not plan. <laughs> I, I I definitely had no say in this. My hands are tied. <laughs> if my hands are tied. I I, I can't do anything. I, I I can't. I I can't say no. All right. So canonically. Superman 78 and Batman 89 take place on Earth 789. You're joking, right? No, I'm not joking. That's hilarious. They're in the same Earth? Yeah. So you're telling me canonically, so when I watch Superman 78 and I watch, like, Batman 1989, they're in the same universe canonically now? Canonically, yep. Dude, you just made my year. Along with, um... Helen Slater's Supergirl. Okay, forget that Supergirl. I couldn't get through that movie. I couldn't. I tried, and I could not get through it. We, like, when you come here to Rexburg, we need to do, like, a watch party where we watch it and just do, like, live reactions. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's exactly what we need to do. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching it and trying to, I'm like, okay, is Superman just going to show up? And the only person that shows up is Jimmy. That's their only connection to, like, Mm-hmm. I could I couldn't get through it. I couldn't. Um, I feel bad. So basically, um, I have this picture saved because it's so helpful. But um, at the end of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, it's one of the events DC did pretty recently. Um, there's a there's a tie-in called Dark Crisis: The Big Bang, which basically they re- they restored the multiverse and the Infinite Earths, um, and it's a Barry goes through, like, a bunch of different Earths, and he has to, like, um, he's, like, cataloging things, um, and he says, you know, as I chart the multiverse, I'm doing my best to enumerate each parallel Earth with a specific vibrational frequency of particular note is Earth 33, in which all superheroes and their adventures exist only in comic books. As some of those comic books have pointed me toward additional Earths, they have been cited in their corresponding descriptions, as well as added to my own personal comics collection, Mint Condition. Wow. So, and then he lists Earth 0 to 52, and then it starts to skip around. But... But Batman... Batman 66 takes place on Earth 66. Of course. Um, let's see other things. Oh, Injustice takes place on Earth 49? Yeah. 49. Injustice is Earth 49, canonically. Um, I'm trying to look at other stuff, but yeah. So, like, if you're ever wondering where things are canonically, just hit me up and I got my list. I, I, I need like a I, I I need like a rundown of all the Earths so I so I you know mm-hmm. don't sound dumb when I when I say something and I'm totally wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you're good. I don't think a lot of people even like remember that this is in there. 
So. But it's but it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that it's like listing out all of these, especially like we have all these different shows, movies, and other yeah. Comic they put that freaking nice like... DC superhero girls on here. What? Yeah, Earth ninety six. There you go. So, I mean, it's cool. I I enjoy when people do work like this, and they're like, yeah. But it only works if everybody sticks to it. If one day down the road someone writes a comic book and says this is taking place on Earth 49, I'll be like, no, that's the Injustice universe. Just be like, stupid. There's one on here. It's called Earth 46. And everybody was so confused because I remember looking it up on Google and I read a chat where people were trying to figure out what it was. It's called um, Earth 46, a grim young Batman with a unique unrecognizable rogues gallery. And the reference is Batman the Gargoyle of Gotham. I was like, strange. So I Googled it, and that story did not exist. Like, it's never existed. And then literally, like, two weeks ago, I saw a press announcement from DC Comics that a new author was going to write this new series called Batman the Gargoyle of Gotham. So I'm like, Somebody knew something that they shouldn't have put on the multiverse page. They clearly knew something they shouldn't have and kind of just went for it. Yeah. <laughs> Balls. Uh, do you have anything else to say about Superman 4? We kind of went on a tangent, but... <laughs> we did. We always go on a tangent. Um, just that... It's still better than Batman and Robin. It's still... Hey, freaking men. At no point do any of these movies dip below Batman and Robin, and even Batman Forever. They're better than the last two Batman movies. Yep. I would agree. I but would other than that, agree. go watch the movies, go form your own opinion. Always, with anything we say, form your own opinion. Form your All own right. Opinion. Well, next week, we're going to be talking about a more modern Superman movie. I know Brian's excited about it. Yeah, I am. We're going to be talking about The Man of Steel. Or just, um, the movie's just called Man of Steel, but, you know, grammar works, so I had to put the in there. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about Man of Steel. Um, Henry Cavill's one and only Superman movie, which we support David Cornsweet and James Gunn, but it's a travesty that he only got one Superman movie. It really um, It makes me mad. It's super sad. Um, I mean, technically got BBS, but... That yeah. I mean, but that's that's more of a Batman movie anyway, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, it's a Superman movie that's trying to be a Batman movie. Very much so. And he was in Justice League. Just not as much. But he's dead most of the time. Makes a cameo in Black Adam. Makes a cameo in Shazam. Headless cameo. Headless cameo. Technically it is Cavill. His mm-hmm. version of Superman that's in The Flash and Peacemaker, but you don't mm-hmm. ever see his face. Yep. But that will be next week, and I am excited. Yes. We're going to talk about it. Um, Brian's going to share his his love. I'm going to share my opinions. Um, it'll be great. It'll be a fantastic time. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to have so much fun. Um, and then we're going to talk about Superman Reborn, which we've mentioned a few times on this, but... We're super excited. It's going to be a comic book, a four-issue comic book series. Um, if our listeners want to start getting ready 
um, for that so they know what to read. Um, it does take place in the middle of a run. So if you want to read um, Peter J. Tomasi's Superman run and the uh, DC Rebirth action comics, um, those two series are what will lead up to um, Superman Reborn. So if you want to start on that now so you don't have to read like a lot of comics. But if you don't want to read those, you could just read Superman Reborn with us and we would enjoy that too. Anything else, Brian? Superman is amazing. He is. He's pretty My awesome. Favorite. But that, that's all I'll say for now because we're going to keep talking about it for the next few weeks. So. Yep. So, as always, leave us a five-star review. Um, if you can, make sure to comment on it. Uh, keep your eyes open for our next episode that we talked about. Um, we're super excited about it. Um, and as always, you can watch these on or listen to them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So, yeah. Check back with us next week. Goodbye. Peace out, y'all.